0: Hey, everybody, it's Matt Johnson. Welcome back to the Pursuing Results podcast, where we interview a successful person about one book that changed their life. And this is going to be an amazing conversation today. We have one of my uh, favorite people, my former boss and, and mentor, on the line with us. But uh, before we get to him and get into the book that we have, we're going to go into Predictable Revenue by Aaron Ross, which is a ridiculously good book. And we're going to talk about exactly why and the impact that it had on our guest business. But before then, Let's bring in the junior grandmaster himself in the co-pilot. See, Greg, what's up? Matt, what's going on, buddy? I got
1: to tell you, uh, it was so flipping hot yesterday at my open house. I was sitting there. I was, I was reading a book and sweating beyond belief because it was 104 degrees, no air conditioning.
2: Ooh.
1: It was Inside? like an Indian... Yeah, in and out. It was actually cooler outside, so we opened up all the doors. It, it drained the snot out of me, so today, I'm excited, you know, Frank is a, uh, a big man bearer of a human being, I mean, both in stature and in intelligence, so I know that he's going to make it rain for us. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm in air conditioning, and we've got a great guest, so let's get it on.
0: That's right. Well, I'm glad both of you guys are in air conditioning. So Frank Klusitz, <laughs> the CEO of Viral Marketing. Frank, what's up today? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, you picked the book Predictable Revenue, which is uh, an amazing book, however, not the book I would have thought you would pick. As I would have guessed, you would have gone with something by Dan Kennedy or or Jay Abraham's amazing book. I'll have to find somebody else to cover those life changing books. But uh, give a before we get into it, give everybody the sixty second. Uh, Hold on, you locked on yourself on the camera, you narcissist. Mm, I did. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I think it's yep. just for you. Pretty sure. <laughs> I see him fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Greg. Though, thanks for your valuable contribution <laughs> to the show. <laughs> yeah, Frank. Give us the uh, give us the sixty second version of who you are, where you are, and what you do. Yep, so um,
2: out of college I uh, wanted to go sell real estate and they taught me that you need to build a database and stay in touch with that database to get business. And I realized, okay, I understand how to build a database by talking to people. I didn't know what I should send them to stay in touch. So what was being sold at that time was a bunch of canned postcards and canned newsletters to send out. And I thought it would be a better idea if I just recorded a couple educational tips or a market update, uh, in, this, in the case of real estate, scary. to email out and put on social media my list. So it was very simple in concept, but took a lot of time to execute. An extremely long story short, I started a firm that does that. We interview people on a webcam, and uh, we market those videos to a database. We have over 50 employees, hundreds of clients around the country, and um, Craig being one of them. And our job is, you know, my job now is to create a culture and an environment where uh, people enjoy working and are productive. So I've, I've been very successful at scaling a professional service, and hopefully through this... Um, interview today I can provide some tips on how I did that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, so Viral Marketing is now a multi-million dollar company with 50 plus employees and over, you know, 400 climbing 4 500 clients close at this point, five, yeah. five close to five. But uh, take me back to when the book kind of entered your life and what what did the yeah. business look like at that point? Well, it was
2: me doing all the sales and marketing work and then everyone else doing all the client service. So what started was I wrote on the wall like, you know, what are the things that we have to be able to build this is a scalable company? And the number one thing was this, you know, you know, Frank can't be the one signing up clients. You know, it has to be, people have to be hiring the company, not Frank. And that is a very hard thing to do. I mean, that is not an easy thing to do when you start just by yourself and it's you doing networking, it's you working by referral, it's you bringing all the business and then, you know, you, you give it to people to service, you know, you're the guy, you're the rainmaker. And how do you, Build a business when it's very difficult to find other rainmakers like you, and to even make any money. When you're gonna have to pay that person a lot of money, like, is it possible to scale sales? Can someone? Can can people sign up for your service where it's not tied to you? And that's what I basically spent years figuring out how to do that successfully. And um, that's what I had to do. So I started. I started looking around. Okay, like, where can I? How can I learn? This process of of scaling myself in sales, and one of the books I read was Aaron Ross's Predictable Revenue book, which I liked the name of the title. I was like, I need predictable yeah. revenue. That makes sense. Right. And um, the concept of his book was very simple. That you know, you have salespeople. Myself, I was playing four roles. I was doing account management, but I wasn't actually like working with clients. Like, I wasn't working directly with a client, but I was yeah, still you were coaching involved. Coaching
0: your account manager.
2: I was yeah, I was still pretty involved in like. The service of the business, like servicing the existing client.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: On top of that, I was also the one doing all the sales meetings. I was the one meeting with all the new clients. On top of that, I was also the one responding to all the leads that came in from the website, uh, following up with all the referrals that came in, um, you know, trying to make all the phone calls to get those appointments in the first place for sales. Then on top of that, I certainly had a target list. You know how I got started? I, you know, I built a list of saying, "Hey, here's like fifty to one hundred people I think would be a really good fit for our business." I need to do some proactive reach out to those people. So I found myself, I found myself literally in in four roles back and forth. I'd be in account management, coaching is what we call here, success coaching. I would be an account executive, which is basically closing deals and bringing on new clients, doing sales consultations. I would be doing outbound prospecting, trying to reach out to new accounts cold to convince them to create demand for us. Then on top of that, I'd be doing all the lead follow up. And do you think it's possible to do all four of those things at a high level?
1: No. (laughs) No.
2: So you sit there and you go, wow, I never thought of it that way. Those really are four different roles. I think that was the first big aha. Mm -hmm. It's like I really am doing all four of those things, and now what I have to do is I have to start – I drew those boxes, much like they are in that book, and I said I have to put somebody else in each of these boxes and train those things. And that's what I did. Want me to keep going? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, give us before. Yeah, because you've painted the before picture so well. Give everybody an example of what the after picture is like. How how things are systematized. Oh, sure. and then We'll get into the specifics of the book.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, what I did is I hired someone uh, to do nothing but uh, do lead follow up for all of our leads. Yeah. I mean, probably one of the biggest challenges you have all the you have referrals come in. You have website uh, hits come in from a consultation or a free ebook download. I, I literally have someone in Omaha that makes 60 to 70 attempts a day an attempt is a phone call, an email, a text. You know, we have like a 10-step, you know, we have a 10-day follow-up process for every lead. So a lead comes in, you know, we're following up with that person, like a text, phone, email, every day for like 10 days. And if they're not ready to schedule an appointment, we keep working. And the point is, you know, 60 to 70 attempts a day, you know, trying to schedule an appointment. Then that appointment, when someone's interested in talking with us, gets on the call of a sales consultant, a new business consultant, whatever you want to call them, account executive, typically in a larger business. And she just comes into work. She works here uh, with me. Her name is Sarah next to me in my office. And she has maybe two, three, hopefully more, uh, consultations scheduled in her calendar that are confirmed by the person doing the lead follow-up. And she just gets on the the sales consultation very well prepared, very well relaxed, very well researched, and does a great job of seeing if our service is a good fit for that person. On top of that, um, we've built some pretty good target prospect lists. Um, that's 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 a much deeper conversation I'm happy to go into, but... We built some incredible target prospect lists, and I have an individual named Scott that does nothing but just reach out systematically to these people cold, trying to create demand. So the name of the game is Scott's job reaching out, is to create demand to like basically a, a cold, cold market. Um, Ryan's job in Omaha that follows up all the leads. His job is to fulfill demand, and then you know uh, Sarah's job does all the presentations, and then once she delivers the presentation. It goes to the office manager. The office manager is Allison, and her job is to basically repeat the whole sales presentation. <laughs> and what she does, no joke. Resell she,
0: the clients on working yes. with you.
2: Yeah. Well, because they weren't listening and everything. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. happens is you don't want to have the handoff from sales to operations and from sales to account management because maybe you, you know it's a check on sales. Maybe they bent the truth a little bit. We don't do that right, here, right, but generally right. speaking, like you want to make sure that they, they – they deliver the correct sales presentation and bend the to get the contract signed, right? So they go on the call with Allison. We do a jump start call on a recorded phone line. There's about 60 things we set for the expectations agreement. And this basically goes through billing and how we work together. and just sets the standards of like, hey, here's how the, the engagement or hiring us is going to work. And then Allison kind of getting to know the personality of the individual and who they are, you know, assigns them to their success coach, which in, in most businesses is your account manager. And then their job is like the farmer, you know, their job is to farm and work with that person and to get them successful, and then they get referrals, which go back to Ryan for the lead follow-up and through that process. Yeah. So we had to build that, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. we did it. And it's, 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 it has been, thank God I had that model, um, because there's a lot of ways to screw that up. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you might put an outbound person, do an inbound lead follow-up, bad idea. You might ask your closers to do outbound prospecting, bad idea. You might ask your account managers, who are your farmers, to take care of your clients, to do sales, bad idea. Um, when you specialize those roles, what happens is now it becomes scalable. It truly becomes scalable because now you can start adding more positions. Because, like, think about it. Like, you know, you get you get you get a lot of clients. You get busy. One thing drops. You know, you're like juggling all these balls. and Now that they're all they're all steady, um, it, it worked well.
0: Yeah, and so, that was the big aha for me. So when I when I read it and I was part of that that. You know, observing that process of how you guys put all that together and how you, you specifically put it together. But here was the big aha for me from the book, which was not just the specialization of sales roles, but just the concept of leverage in general. Like once you get somebody that's in that individual role, you as a CEO or founder, or whatever, may be a higher level person. And you've told me this before. Like your sales presentations were completely different because you can talk to people on a, a whole other level. Mm-hmm. That's not scaling It was a problem. It was a problem. Yeah, it was not an advantage, it was a problem, right? So when you started getting down into scaling that stuff, you you had to systematize what you do, but in the process of doing that and then putting the right person that's a better personality fit for that piece of what you were doing, yep. they can do that better and more efficiently than you could at that one piece of it while you're trying to do all this other stuff. So you, you as a CEO may be a higher level thinker, a better communicator, a, you may be the best yeah. salesperson in your company, it's still better to have two salespeople operating at 80% of what you can do than you yourself operating at 110% of what you can do. And that was well, a big, just that yeah. concept of leverage. Yes,
2: and what, what I have to go a little bit further too on that is I had to completely change our, our messaging as far as how we marketed the firm. So okay. when you first start, it's all Frank Closets. It's like I have my picture on top of the website. You know, it was like Frank, 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 Frank. frank. All right. and what do you think happens when people respond to that marketing who they want to talk to? Right. right. They were right. right. So what I had to do is I had to start marketing the firm, not the individual yeah. and that was a big shift. I was like, how in the world do I do that? And what I realized that I wanted to market the success of the clients and not my expertise. And that was a okay. big shift. So now what I did is I started marketing, hey, I want to welcome a new client here's a brand new client or hey, let's do a Google Hangout with a client, or hey, let's let's start publishing the top performing video topics the pop, top performing email topics, I really try to come up with content that wasn't me in the videos. Um, right. The only content that I create now is I'm a host on a, on a podcast or I'm a host on a, um, on a Google Hangout I do with clients, and I write like a weekly message, but the majority of our content isn't Frank it's about it's about our clients and the success of our clients. And I really gonna yeah, say even the hangout as as that you host
0: is not about you. It's not your yeah. expertise because nope, you just did me that for a while, you did like a um, an open public training that was you sharing your expertise. Mm-hmm. That lasted what six months before yep. you're like, well, this is totally unsustainable.
2: Yeah, it's unsustainable, and it, and it didn't fulfill the vision of you know the company was still tied to Frank,
0: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it,
2: the most exciting thing is like when we have clients come in, they're like, you know, I'm really excited to talk to Vile Marketing, like what you guys do, like what you stand for, like your system. I I respect the clients that you're working with. I I get the deliverables. I want to sign up, and it's actually really cool that a lot of people that sign up with us now don't know who I am. And when I started removing myself and pulled myself out of, when I started removing myself from the marketing messaging, okay, and then I started removing myself from the lead follow-up and started branding the firm. That was a huge jump. That was a very huge jump.
1: Well, I can tell you one thing. As being a client of Viral. I can attest to the, the, the systems that you've put into place. It was a very easy and comfortable uh, process for me as a new prospect going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I attempted to call you guys out on the carpet, you know, because you're like asking for an initial startup fee, I'm like, well, you want X amount of dollars, do something for me, and you got you, without even dropping a, a half of a second of a pause, you're like, yeah, no problem. You guys sent out an email to my database. I got a 33% <laughs> open rate right off the bat. And what I liked about that so much, which, which really built a lot of trust on my side as a, as a client of yours, is yeah. that you were willing to do something to prove your, your worth to me before me having to fork out a single dime. That built an immense amount yeah. of trust. And that's actually, that is, Frank, that is the one reason why we, I went with you guys. If that's you awesome. Had, if they had not done that, I would
2: have walked away. You know, I, I want to do more of that. I mean, we keep, yes. I mean It was awesome. Anything that we could do, like, because like we do, there is a considerable amount of work we have to go through to actually yeah. build the product that we want and to charge us our fee for anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we selling here? It's two grand, right? Uh, one time takes thirty days, and then five hundred fifty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And um, for someone that comes in through like maybe like an internet lead or they don't really know us that well, and all of a sudden they're being hit like, hey, I need you know two grand. That's a very big commitment. <laughs> so whatever we could do to like make like a free video or something like a test email or just kind of give a test of like what our services is, we do that. So what I do here at Viral is I always make sure I work the economics of our business to make sure that we're overstaffed by like 20, 30 clients at any given time. Mm-hmm. So we always have room to do extra work. I always have extra staff on 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 salary. And mm-hmm. I look at that as like a marketing margin. It's like that extra labor I can just give away and use uh, to move people through the sales process.
0: Yeah, and, yeah so and, and it gives you the ability to, do, to um, do what David Maser calls super pleasing—the the extra things that the clients aren't expecting, mm-hmm. so that you can use leverage extra, you know, the existing clients to generate referrals into new clients. Yep. So let's get into the, uh, the other big aha, which is you, you and I have talked about off there, which is the seeds, nets, and spears. Mm-hmm. And I think where most people fall down on this and why it's so helpful to understand this is there are a lot of people that are author, speaker, entrepreneurs, where they sit back and they look at their business and they look at, okay, this is what I can fit into my schedule. I can do more of X, Y, and Z, so I want more of these types of clients. Great, now how do you find them? you mm-hmm. know are you in the hustle stage or are you in, at the point where you can systematize you know it works and now you can you can do it systematically uh, i think people understand the concepts of seeds nets and spears will help people realize okay for yeah, everything well, to that. That do in my coaching consulting whatever business it is those seeds nets and spears are different for that specific thing that you're selling so uh, so take us through that concept
2: okay so you know so seeds nets and spears seeds are customer referrals like a seed that you have to plant and water and nurture and takes time, but they're very valuable. You have nets, which is like casting a big wide net with marketing, and it kind of catches a bunch of stuff. But you know, there's a lot of uh, you know uh, unqualified catches that you have to go yeah. through, yeah. right? It's like then you have, yeah, then you have spears, and spears is basically here's a list of people that are good prospects. Go reach out to them and get rid them. You know, one to one. You know, outbound calling. And the only really scalable, um, really quickly scalable uh, option of those three is the Spears because you can quickly ramp up an outbound prospecting approach because you're 100% in control, whereas seeds take a lot of time. And Nets is kind of like, well, I don't know what I'm going to get. I Hopefully, I get some response from my marketing. Who knows? Right? <laughs> yeah. So let's go through seeds. So for seeds, what we do is we really invest a lot in account management. So here at Viral, um, you know, every client gets a dedicated account manager, we call them a video coach, and uh, somewhere between maybe 40, maybe at most 50 clients, and one video coach. And their job is to make sure that the client is, is, is successful. So there's a real human being dedicated to calling and emailing and following up and working with that one individual. It's not like some general email customer success that get viral and some random person works with you. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of investment into customer success and then you know just naturally from that you know you're gonna get referrals. Um, we send out a monthly client newsletter. Uh, I send out a weekly message to all our clients. we do masterminds, you know mixers and events but still it's nothing different than what people probably think of for any type of like seed marketing program for customer referrals all right The next thing is come Nets is your marketing. So you know what really drives leads for us for marketing? Well, um, unfortunately in our type of business, uh, it's a very evangelical sale. Like in real estate, it's actually relatively easy. You can go to you know, a Zillow. You can go to uh, numerous lead providers, give them money, and they will arguably give you people that are probably interested in buying or selling. Right? <laughs> Hopefully.
0: It <laughs> right? is arguable. It is arguable, <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs>
2: There's no lead providers for what we do. I mean, right. since, since what we do, we literally have to go out and literally create demand for what we do, whereas um, there's a lot of existing demand in real estate. So... Um, what we like most for our marketing is webinars, live webinars. So we'll, with a client or with somebody, you know, some partner that sells to the market that we're going after, we'll do a webinar or hang out with them about the benefits of video marketing, how video marketing can help you get more clients and more business from your database. And what's really nice about that is, you know, um, you know, our market, the people who buy viral marketing services, are entrepreneurs and professional services. So the question is, you know, where do you find entrepreneurs and professional services? How do you find those individuals? It's a very difficult market to find. Well, the only way that I've been able to find that market is through coaching companies. So in every industry in real estate and mortgage and chiropractic, financial advisory, you know, recruiting, executive recruiters, there's always somebody that says, hey, I was really successful at this and I want to sell you my system. I want to sell you coaching a seminar, a workshop, a boot camp on how I was successful. And the people that end up buying that information are our clients because they want to grow and they're spending money. And those are the entrepreneurs of the profession. Got it? Mm -hmm. So our job is we basically reach out to like every coach. You know, in your case, maybe someone doing a podcast. It could be somebody that um, is even like selling like an expensive uh, software program or whatever it may be to that market. And we say, hey, man, what we want to do is we're trying to get in front of your audience and we want to help you do some free webinars. We'll help you create, optimize, and promote uh, some webinars as long as you can mention them viral Maybe we can be in it on any topic that you want. And what that does is it systematically gets us in front of their audience. It's an implied endorsement, and that sends a lot of business our way. So we've been doing hundreds of Google Hangouts and webinars and live events with a lot of our strategic partners, um, which gets us in front of their audience, and that's how we generate our leads, mostly through nets, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes to Spears, Um, these individuals, these coaching firms uh, generally have like top level mastermind groups or they have some of their top level clients and we say, Hey, you know, in return for doing all this free work to help you promote some webinars, would you mind endorsing us to your top clients? And they usually say, sure. I say, great. Can you write us a letter of recommendation and they'll write it or I'll write it and they sign it, whatever it (laughs) is, you know, we get a nice letter (laughs) of recommendation that they're cool with. right? Right. And, um, we ask them if you know, they can send that out to their clients and we pay the cost for the postage. Hmm. So now all the top clients of the coach, they now receive a FedEx from their trusted advisor um, recommending us. And now we go to town and start following up and see if they're interested in working with us.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: And those are the three ways that we bring in business.
0: Yeah, and what I like about that is that in, in each case... And, and I, I know this because I, I know this about you, about your mentality. I think what a lot of people might miss is that that is not something that evolved accidentally over time. The fact oh, that no. all that stuff is a system, not yes. just the mechanics of it, but the the mentality behind it, which you, you've said this to me a million times, which is if you have to do it yourself, there's no money in it. With you, you go into everything with the mentality of the end goal of this is a system. Now, what's the project that's going to result yeah, in a system? It's, it's consistent,
2: predictable, scalable
0: revenue. Exactly. Now,
2: me flying around the country and speaking at events does not do that. You know, me being the one doing that does not do that. It has, to, it has to be removed from me. So let's take a look at those three things. Customer referrals. You know, there's a dedicated account manager. Someone gets referred, he goes to the follow-up. I'm not tied to that at all. Let's look at the webinars. Uh, I'm no longer on many of the webinars. I have a marketing person that sets up all the webinars. And then Scott or one of the people in our office does these webinars with the partner. And those leads generated go into viral marketing. I'm not tied to the webinars at all, right? And then finally, with the with the outbound, I'm not reaching out saying, hey, I'm Frank Closets. I'm so smart. Talk to me. You know, we're reaching out with a letter <laughs> of recommendation from the person, you know, they trust, their coach, and we're following up saying, hey, so-and-so recommended us to you. Can we talk and show you our system? And um, that's what we do. I think what makes a big difference for our firm, for like marketing professionals is, I see so many marketing firms that are like, I go to their website, and it's like, hey, we do this, 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 and this, 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 and PPC and social media and video and websites. No, we could do this, too. We also clean your house. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, you know, it's like all these things they offer, yeah, yeah. right? And we're like this whole boutique ad agency. That's a bunch of crap. No one can be able to specialize and do all those things really well. So what really makes our agency different is that we sell one marketing plan. There's one marketing plan. This is the marketing plan. Everyone follows the exact same marketing plan and that's allowed me to scale the messaging it's allowed me to scale the clients and everyone is following one key marketing plan everyone's doing the same thing well,
1: there's not a lot of people out there that are doing what you're doing either i mean i've talked to a lot of folks that you know they they you know you're you're pretty well known in the different industries in regards to what you do and a lot of folks are are jealous of what you've been able to create but they have not been they haven't been dedicated enough to sit down, read a book, follow a plan, you know, put a system into place. But yeah. all they do is they look back and they see where your success is today. They're going, I want to take over Frank Clevis. I want to take over his business. <laughs> and they yeah. And that was pretty much my response when I
2: heard this. You know, and, and, and I hope they do. I mean, it's <laughs> no secret who our clients are on our website or or anything else. It's just that it's, you know, the it's a very simple business. One of our one of our competitive advantages is we're based in Omaha, where the cost of labor is cheap. You know, um, you have, you know, we have many great colleges to get great, great talent from. We have, uh, you know, our, I think our I pay, you know, seventy cents per square foot for office space. I mean, what's what? your office? What's your office space, Greg? I have six thousand square feet for like four thousand a month. I hate you.
1: What is that? I mean, no, price? You, yeah, I mean, yeah. we have what you can see in here. I mean, we pay about yeah, can, thirty-five thousand a year for just this, just this yeah. little office.
2: I have six thousand square feet for four grand a month. Oh Lord. So what happens? What happens is like the more expensive coastal states, like California and Florida, will just outsource to the Midwest, just because my cost of sales are better, you know. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to deliver this amazing product and my margins still work, um, at you know at at what we do. So for example, our our margin, our net margin, if we're lucky, will net out 15% on revenue. So on 550 a month, we'll net what like 60 60 bucks, something like that.
1: Hmm. So
2: there's not a lot of margin on a client, it's like sixty dollars, right? Wow. Well, that's every month. But you multiply it by five hundred. What's well, that in profit every month, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a volume model. It, it's yeah. I, I don't like to draw it to McDonald's, but it, it's a very McDonaldized process. Whereas so many other companies are going to be well, we we were all custom. And I'm like, when someone comes to me and they say they're custom. I go, you have no idea what you're talking about, do you? You're just going to basically take whatever I want, which I don't know what it is, and you're going <laughs> to bill me a whole bunch of money, and we're, both of us are going to have no idea if it delivers any results. That's what <laughs> custom means to me, Right? What I want is I want someone that comes to me and says, Frank, I have tested this with 50 other agencies just like yours. This system, I am virtually guaranteed is going to deliver results for you. Uh-huh. Look at all these other people just like you that had this system. We just simply follow the this system. And the thing is, I systematized it so well and got, my economy is a scaled down. It's dirt cheap now, because I've gotten rid of all the inefficiencies. The like video editors are editing videos. The writers are writing. You know, it's extremely streamlined.
0: Yeah, I see the passion in you. Yeah, I mean, final microphones. No, it, it, it took a while to come out, Frank. But yeah. now, now we're seeing it. Now we see the passion.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you start telling me like, you know, you're going to have competitors come into this oh, stuff, I'm like, oh man.
0: It's, yeah, they they have you know, no they have no idea of the underlying you know, economics.
2: It's, it's it's seven years. Of 100% of your emotional, intellectual,
0: yeah, self
2: going into it nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you're doing is thinking about it critically and reading hundreds and hundreds of books trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And well, and this is, I want to get into this a little bit because, and this is beyond the scope of predictable revenue, but it does. In order to pull off what it talks about in predictable revenue, I feel like you have to cross this bridge. I wanna, I want to bring it up, sure. which is the ego part because most people that start whatever it is, author, speaker, consultant, consulting firms, whatever. Oh yeah, uh, you want the applause. They want the applause. They want the ego. It has to be that they're inherently basing it on like a Rainmaker model because they have no intention of ever exiting the spotlight. So then they look at a firm like yours and they wish they could have it, but will they really go through the process of relinquishing the ego necessary to unbrand and and extricate themselves from the marketing and the face of the firm?
2: Well, here's the thing. So you know what I was, what I was taught. Probably one of the biggest insights I had was, Frank, you need to hold the message, not the relationship. Hmm. And that was a huge aha for me.
0: And where did huge that come aha. from?
2: It actually came from Mike Ferry.
0: It yeah, really. He's one of That's the
2: yes, yeah, so this guy's a you know. So Mike, if those that don't know, if you're listening to this, he's a he's a real estate coach and trainer for like 40 years in the real estate space. This guy's built an incredible business, flies around a private plane, speaking at real estate offices, done tremendously well for himself. But he teaches one thing. He's like, I have one system to get a real estate agent results and that's it. Everything else doesn't work and I don't care about it and I, I denounce everything else. But as far as I'm concerned, this one system um, that I teach is the only way and the best way to sell real estate. And yeah. whether that's true or not is irrelevant.
0: Right. The point <laughs> is, is
2: that his whole company is based around that one key message, which allows people to teach the system, not necessarily having the relationship. So I was like, man, that's huge. So everyone has the relationship with me. They shouldn't want the relationship; they want the execution of the system. So mm-hmm. now I had to sit back and I had to say, okay, let me write down the system for viral marketing to hit results. And now we started selling the system and we started messaging the system, and it's a lot less frank. So I think it's the first thing any speaker, coach, author has to do. If you look at any scaled coaching company, look at John Maxwell,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you look at um,
0: Emyth,
2: Emyth, right? Mm-hmm there's a methodology, there's a system, there's a process that they've patented or trademarked or whatever it is, right? And then all of the coaches coach to that. So I remember, for example, on one of the coaching calls, I mean, so say so you hire a coach, and they'll be like, well, you know, like, again, this is in real estate. How many, How many times should I call a prospect? Well, the answer is three. Mike says the system is three, three times. Not four, not five, not here's what I think. uh ah. You know, your coaches aren't allowed to say what they think. It's what the system teaches. So everyone's coaching the system. And I thought that was a very, 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 very key insight of how you scale a professional service.
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And David Meister talks about that a lot because the, the thing that holds back a lot of professional service firms, whether it's like multi-site firms or even just a, like people in one location where you have, you know, junior executives are trying to bring up, it's always the knowledge transfer and... and Systematizing the knowledge of the people that are at the top, that hold the client relationships, mm-hmm. that have all the experience, and getting all the stuff that's out of their head into a system that other people can use to deliver the same result yep. in less time, less effort. I'll
2: tell you, it's to keep it simple. You, I mean, we mm-hmm. have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of management at Viral being spent on helping internally the training. Uh, to teach our system, which is to, you know, get email addresses, send out two videos a month, and call the people to watch the videos. I mean, I couldn't even imagine having another message. I mean, literally, all we ever do is talk about that over and over and over, ad nauseum, over and over and over and over nonstop, again. And, and you keep teaching that core message over and over and over because um, in an uncertain world, I think they say this in the e-myth, In an uncertain world, people want certainty. And when you come to viral marketing, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be that one system executed, whether it's now or five years from now. It's Mm -hmm. a very franchisable model. We stand for one key thing versus, like, here's just me publishing all these random ideas, you know, to get your attention, but is actually deliver, you know, the result. Systemically, consistently, repeatable for people.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm sure that you plan this out, but I'm going to, you know, bring it up for everybody who's watching or listening to this. You know, the seeds, nets, and and spears theory that, that are off this book... You actually built that into what you deliver to people like myself, who are a real estate agent who have hired Viral because, mm-hmm. you know, the seeds. You help us nurture our seeds, yes. our past clients. You know, through the videos, yep. the net is the twice a month video that goes out, and you know, w- with a subject matter that you record. So you're going to catch a lot of whatever yeah. in that. Even in the there.
2: SEO that comes in from that. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Even the YouTube. SEO, then the spear aspect is when you give me my click-through report at the end of the end of that run, I know exactly who wants what so I can make a direct targeted you know, call-out to them. So, I mean, you, I know that you, you you did that specifically and purposefully, but I just want to make sure everybody knows that. That's what you deliver all three sides back to your clients.
2: Yep. So Seeds, Nets, and Spears was something I, I loved that. I think Seeds, Nets, and Spears is good. I heard another good one, too. It's not really relevant, but there's Finders, Minders, and Grinders. Mm-hmm. You guys have <laughs> heard that. Yeah. So you have the finders that go out and get the business. You have the minders, which is management. You have the grinders that do the work. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> Find grinders. That's right.
2: Finders, minders, and grinders.
0: All right, but, so um, let's talk about probably the most, uh, what to most people, I think, would probably be the most fascinating, which is the, the whole idea of uh, like a sales development rep, that person that's making those contacts. Yeah. And uh, how do you how do you hire and manage for that role? What are some lessons you sure. can take away? Well, I'll hire two of them. So the
2: first thing I would say <laughs> is, I mean, the very first thing I would probably recommend is hire two part time people. So, you know, it's you're looking for like a business person that can sell. You're looking for, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. I mean, you're looking for a very confident, you know, intelligent, like what everybody wants. You know, you're mm-hmm. looking for what everybody wants in like a new business role. So, there's assessments that kind of figure that out. So, let's just say hopefully you find someone that is open to the idea of having intelligent business conversations with other business people and kind of maybe enjoys the thrill of trying to reach out and trying to win someone cold over the phone or through email. If You find that person great, right? Now, what you can't do is just take that person, which requires a very high level of, like, external motivation, like in a good environment, and just throw them off by themselves and expect them to make those phone calls. It's it's a very difficult job. It's not something that's mm-hmm. naturally suited to a lot of people's, like, behavior, okay, to, like, consistently do over time. Yeah. So ideally, you hire two of them. So what those two do is they kind of they kind of, you know, you know, enjoy working off from each other and they and they create an environment with each other and they keep each other motivated and they kinda of compete against each other to go after business. Right? And generally speaking, I probably wouldn't hire them both full time, they always had a lot of money. But you know, doing the outbound sales position is a lot of work. Right? Okay. Before I even get there, you've proven that you can do it yourself. <laughs> right, so before right. you hire anybody. You know, you've actually got a list of people, you've reached out to them, you've got them on the phone, you've got them interested in your product or service, and then um, you've signed them up or you've successfully passed them to a closer who has signed them up, right? Now you're in the position to be able to hire people. And at this point, I'd hire two part-time people, usually out of college or something like that, right, that were probably pretty competitive. Maybe they are in sports, but they were more of a competitive um, attitude. And I do it, we do it, you do it. You know, they come in for two weeks of training. For the first couple of days, they sit there and just watch you. Then the next couple of days, you know, they do it with you. And then finally, at the end of two weeks, you should probably have them ramped up in two weeks. Now they're doing it. And they're successfully identifying opportunities. I mean, generally speaking, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, we're going in, like, referred with a FedEx, and we're going in very referred, like, very niche groups. You know, I would say a good sales development rep can probably generate between... 10 to 15 solid opportunities a month that are worth, like the sales team actually following up with. So 10 to 15 solid opportunities, you know, wow. hmm, and um, okay. that's probably where those numbers need to work. And from you know, from that, a few will close right away. A few will close many years from now. It all yep. comes down to how much risk can you take to hire that person. I mean, I'd probably pay them um, 30 grand a year base. What? You know, 30 grand a year base, maybe in, as high in your market. In California, like fifty, right? Wow. You know, that would probably be like a thirty grand base plus, you know, like a bonus for every successful lead that's passed.
1: Hmm. Thirty like grand.
2: Or yeah.
1: 30 it grand. does make a lot of sense to not base out of California. I mean, our cost 15, like talked earlier 15, is ridiculous.
2: It's fifteen bucks an hour. So that's what thirty grand a year is. So okay. you can say, okay, I'm going to budget thirty grand for the position. So I'm going to pay this person fifteen dollars an hour part time. I want to pay this person fifteen dollars an hour part time. That's a good job for someone just to get started to work part time. Maybe they have some other, you know. Whatever it is, and they get to feel it out and start from there. Yeah, that's going to be an out. That's going to be your dedicated sales development rep, or your prospector.
1: Did you see so, a lot of those folks uh, that that come through your system and they kind of buy, you know, buying and adhere to your, your methodology? Do you see a lot of them move up through your company because they they like okay, this makes a lot of sense? And they, do you see that a lot, or do you see people get their feet wet with you and then kind of move on and, and, and into another? Oh field?
2: yeah, for you, for our employees, at viral. Yeah. Oh, m- most all of them move on. So, yeah, so I would love to be able to create opportunity where, you know, everyone can grow. Uh-huh. But that's just not really necessarily our business. I mean, the, the reality is with our business, it's really, very much EMIF. Is we could take anybody who wants to work hard. So, I could take anybody who is motivated, is reasonably intelligent, and has the behavior for the position. Right? So, let me say that again. I could take anyone who's motivated, anybody mm-hmm. that's reasonably intelligent, and has the behavior model for the position. Mm-hmm. I can take an average person, very average, nothing wrong with that. I can give them an excellent system, and they can become excellent. So I like to say, for any position in our company, if somebody wants to leave or you know go on to better things, you know, in two weeks we can probably have someone trained up, and hopefully you know replaced and move forward. And that gives you a very stable business. And what you don't want is you don't want a bunch of A players that if you lose one, you can never replace that person. And it was a very people-dependent business, mm-hmm. not a systems-dependent business, right? And um, that was a very, you know, key decision that we made here at Viral was to keep it very systems based.
1: No, I, I thought so, it was. I think it's a really good thing because you're you're drawing from, you know, a very young crowd, you know, it's a college yes. based. So yep. you literally, I mean, well, you're. We, we, you're
2: get, we can share a screen here, can't we? Yeah, me uh, show you a picture, everybody. Can you see the picture? It's not showing.
1: I see you frozen.
2: No, that's not showing. Never mind. I was going to show you a picture, everybody. But yeah, it's it's mostly it's mostly um, students that just graduated college and a lot of millennials. Which is fine. Yeah. You know, we hire anybody of any ages, but for the most part, that's what the job, for the most part, it tracks. I mean, you start mm-hmm. somebody off at say ten to twelve dollars an hour. but um, they do well, they go into account management position that pays about thirty-five to say seventy. Uh, my office managers are making somewhere between fifty and I'm sorry, an account manager, a coach, from between thirty-five and forty-five. Mm-hmm. All said and done, a manager will make maybe fifty to seventy a year, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my top sales guy, Scott, will easily make over six figures because he gets a commission on every client that comes in, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. you know, the question is, it's so funny with consulting and advertising. Um, I'm a big follower of uh, Bain, uh, Capital Bain Consulting, mm-hmm. uh, the company Mitt Romney used to work for, McKinsey. I've read a lot of books mm-hmm. on how McKinsey built like a scalable consulting business which has a lot of parallels in the advertising world, the marketing consulting firm world. And it's funny, one of the best quotes is, you know, they said in there is, you know, this McKinsey was so funny. You start off as a consultant to get promoted to management mm. to finally end up in sales, <laughs> right? Where everyone looks at sales as being like the, the nasty thing, right? Yeah. But in, in all the consulting companies, you start off as a consultant or a junior consultant, you go to a consultant, Then you move into management, which they call an engagement manager, which is basically, you know, here's a consultant working on Pepsi, and if something doesn't go well, you know, the engagement manager comes in to figure it out between the two, right? So that's the the manager. And then if you're really good, you get to go into sales, which is getting the clients, (laughs) okay? Which is, that's the work. That's, you know, creating the demand for the consultancy, right? So that takes a very special person that is comfortable going into sales. I mean, what is sales? Sales is influence. And what is influence? Influence is leadership. So by nature, you know, you really have to have a lot of influential leadership skills to do well as someone in charge and doing new business here at viral marketing. Not everyone wants to go down that path or it's naturally that behavior set. I think very naturally that's a very small percentage of the population.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So um, if someone wants to go down that path, we certainly have it. But generally, for the most part, we say here at Viral, you come on in. We, you work for us for a few years. You get your, you understand how the business world works. We, you know, uh, we create a great culture. We give great systems. And uh, you can choose to accelerate your time here at Viral, which for the most part is probably going to go into a sales development role, or use that to build your resume and go someplace else that has better economics than ours, maybe, maybe better clients, bigger ad agencies, whatever it may be, where maybe Viral isn't the best fit for you.
1: No, I was gonna say I, I like that because you guys have a sustainable model. You have a sustainable group of individuals who are coming in who need the need the experience, need to understand systems. Okay. Then they get they get their goodness, they move on for whatever their life plan is. But you guys never have a f- flow problem of uh-huh. willing and able bodies that come in that are trained or professional that follow the blue yep. feet at the bottom of the page. You know, to rem- reference back to McDonald's and just follow the systems and then they deliver value to me, the client. And you guys make a healthy profit off of it. That's a It's a beautiful plan.
2: Yeah, so for every new, and every new employee that comes in here, um, probably one of the biggest things we did that really helped out with our recruiting is we finally got some Glassdoor reviews. So um, if you go to Glassdoor, uh, you'll see probably like 45 reviews from our employees on there. So I sent out an email to all of our employees and saying, hey, look, by the end of next month, if I get 40-some solid reviews, I don't care if they're good or bad, and there's certainly bad ones on there. So enjoy those. <laughs> okay? Leave us a review, and if we get over 40, I'll you know I'll do pizza. We'll do a giant party for everyone, and the reviews are confidential, so you don't know who wrote what, right? What it does is it gives you an opportunity to respond to the review, which I just love. I love it. <laughs> it's the highlight of my day when I get to respond back to a class review. I try to be as honest as forthcoming as possible when I hear negative feedback to explain what things are going on because, you know, one of the challenges I see is as you have a large organization, especially with me out in San Diego and the majority of the company back in Omaha where I'm from, is is, as much as you try to have clear, consistent communication, people know what's going on, people don't. Yeah. So a lot of the times, you know, things don't get filtered down correctly and then you see some type of negative view because one person thought something, I get to respond Mm -hmm. to it. We also also started building a... uh, A training program, if you want to go deeper on this. Back to the sales development rep, to answer your question, you want to have a good Glassdoor profile so people know who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to have the good culture that you can come and get them trained and say you can go, you can move up here or wherever else. But we also have a 12-step jump start. So whenever we hire somebody, we take them through a 30 – it's a one-month training program of a one-hour meeting with the trainer Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a month. That's 12 sessions. All right? I'll go through the 12 sessions really quick. First is the HR orientation. Second, we talk about our mission, vision, and our story. Third, we do nothing but talk about core values of the company, how decisions are made. Fourth, we teach them the viral marketing system. Fifth, we teach them client discovery and maintaining a client relationship. Six, we teach them about industry knowledge about the indus- different industries that we work for our clients. Seven, we talk about client communication standards. Eight, we teach the core product and deliverable. Nine is time management and personal productivity. 10 is teamwork and leadership. 11 is referrals, and then 12 is your career path of biomarketing. marketing. We go through all that in a period of 30 days that every employee ramped up to speed.
0: Yeah, that's that's insane. I've, uh, yeah, that's that's beyond even what I've I seen when I was with you guys. I mean, that's just
2: yeah, – you gotta I, have I it, got to yeah.
0: that by osmosis from you and Scott. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to have it delivered systematically, um, I mean, I, I, could, I could see the vision and I had a, like a higher – Risk tolerance than most people. I mean, when I when I started working for you guys, it was you know Sam's Club tables with a couple of <laughs> monitors on top and yep. a uh, and a ceiling that was falling down from water damage. Uh, but that's not most people. So now that you're established, to have something like that coming in to someone that's just fresh out of college and used to dealing with uh, academia. And uh, and other more established companies that you're competing against in, in that marketplace, where yeah. there where there are you know legit Fortune 500 headquarters in the area that they can go work for instead. Uh, I mean that's that's an incredible incredible competitive advantage. Well, it goes back to, to
2: the predictable revenue model. It's that so well, yeah. you know, One one of the things that I had was, I you know before I could focus on pulling myself out of sales, I had to pull myself out of the account management. So mm. I had account managers working with the client. So I got to the point where I wasn't working one on one with the client. But I was still definitely talking to all the coaches or the account managers to help them guide the client conversations. Right. right? So I need to hire somebody to do that. Now in this case, we now have Andrew does that. His full-time job is to do nothing but have a weekly one-on-one, one-hour meeting with each account manager. We have about 13, well, 15 now with advertising. So that's that's 15 hours a week of one-on-one meetings. You know, going through the clients, what issues are we having? To do weekly one-on-ones. Right. On top of that, we gotta get people off to speed correctly when they come onto viral marketing, which is that 30 day jumpstart plan. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So that's um so Andrew is basically the full time trainer. That's his job.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and it all goes back to the very beginning, which is you as an entrepreneur deciding on this is the plan that I'm going to sell. Yes. And then having the abundance mentality to be able to to be willing to say no to all the opportunities. Well, there's a lot of that. I mean, when you
2: first start off, you're going to have people that said, well, I want to do the program this way. And I would say, that's not going to work. If you do one video a month or you send out six, that's unsustainable, that's not going to work. This is the program, man. And you have to say, like, you know, and I'm not I'm not structurally set up. And because, you know, by I'm, or I'm, getting staff that are brand new to the business world and are just starting off with minimal training of two weeks to get that simple system done. I mean, they don't, when you start throwing all these different things, they don't have the depth of experience or the ability to kind of say, like, how exactly should that work if I haven't been trained on it? Today? Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. That's they don't have the marketing framework either.
2: Yeah, they're not, not yet. You know, mm-hmm. eventually they will. But, you know, there's a lot of, I had to say no to a lot of things to stay very focused on. Let's just do that core system, core system, core system, core system. And the vision is, let's get to 500 people following that core system. And the vision is to get to maybe, say, 1,000 people following that core system. then ultimately, 10,000 which is to be by you know owning you know very you know various industries um, yeah. mm-hmm. of doing this and, and personalizing that plan for each industry.
1: Right. Hmm. A, lot of, right. a lot of good stuff. I Man, <laughs> yeah, process. That. I'll, honestly, I'm sitting there going, "Hold on, can we back
0: that back this bus up a second here?" <laughs> it's, yeah, it just it makes you appreciate the, the level yeah. of mental work and effort that went into all of that. It was like it was like it's mental insane. pull-ups right there.
2: It's just yeah. I mean, mental pull-ups. <laughs> 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 well, it's I mean, come on, man. I mean, explain to me how you plan on having a thousand clients. They're all the you know, the inmates are running the asylum. They say, yeah, right. You know, here's whatever. Do whatever you want. I don't care. You no, know, it's all billable hours. You know, you have you have all your staff just recommending all these random things. You know, yeah. and it's just it's just you can't you can't scale a company that way. You have to have one specific plan that you recommend. That will stand the test of time. That you can that you can replicate with lots of people. That's probably one of the key things. Like we don't we sell marketing plan execution at viral. Marketing we only experience. have one brand. Well, we have yeah we only have one plan. That we sell we, we kind of have a Before second them, one yeah. which is advertising, which is still starting to be a little bit all over the place for me. But the one core marketing plan that we sell the implementation of is the viral marketing plan of two videos a month to get more sales from database. Yeah. Anything outside of the scope of that beyond a few little extra things we do from time to time in addition to that that we can do easily. Um, is not what we specialize in.
0: Yeah, it's all about um, laying the foundation for the seeds. Client, client, super pleasing and listening, and uh, and then turning that into referrals. So which I will is interesting. Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. One of the things I want to share for those of you who think about predictable revenue is one of the things that I really got really good in place is um, our our, uh, our 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 opportunity pipeline. So our opportunity pipeline goes, you know, new lead, call one, call two, call three, call four. And we'll actually go. We'll go four, four or five, and out on a new lead before we, we contact it. Then let's say that, that person says, "Hey, I'm really interested Now's not a good time. Calling back in a month." We'll put them in like an educating stage where they say, "Call me in a month." We'll still call them every week. Let them know we're excited about calling them in a month. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So Greg, I know you want me to call you next you know, next month, but I'm just calling you right now to say how excited I am to talk to you next <laughs> when well, I'm supposed to call you.
1: I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward uh,
2: I'll to talking to you in 30 You're days. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that, right? Nothing. So that's called the educating stage where you, you, you tell them we call exciting. Well,
0: yes, and and the companion to that is that it, it is a legitimate education stage because you well, have a an sub- email sequence that goes out with videos. Yeah. They're all client case studies and testimonials. Well, let's call like the it's called the
2: indoctrination room. campaign. So yeah. you, have to, you have to indoctrinate someone, uh, for lack of a better Kim Jong-un reference. <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> you have to indoctrinate someone to your systems and to your model and to what you do, right? So when you first have a new lead come in, you put them through the indoctrination campaign. And then the whole goal of that, um, of that uh, marketing response representative, the person responding to marketing, the, uh, that's the term they use in Silicon Valley, Uh, In other circles, they call them just a lead follow-up person. You could call them an executive assistant. In real estate, they call them inside sales assistants. But -hmm. the point is that marketing response representative, their job is literally to take leads to appointments. That's it. That's their job, right? And then their job is to bring it to appointment set. Now, once that appointment is set, it goes on the calendar of the sales consultant, right? And then a day before, the marketing response rep confirms that appointment. So they actually show up. Which is really good, like a doctor. All right. Now they, you know, the person does that call, and if the call goes good, the salesperson accepts that opportunity into their pipeline, and that's how you measure marketing. You don't measure marketing by leads, right? Anyone can get you leads. Mm-hmm. You know, I make the joke. You know, you no, know, uh, you know, I can come back from a conference to get five really good leads of people that said, "Yeah, I want to hire you," where the guy at the other booth got thousand leads and the offer was win a free iPad. Which leads are more valuable? Yep. You know, here's a list of people who want a free iPad. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, anyways, that person you know does that sales presentation, and then if it's a good lead, they accept it in their pipeline. That's called a sales qualified lead. Sales is qualified to lead, and it's good. Mm-hmm. And marketing is defined as how many sales qualified leads it delivers, not how many leads it bring in. Just the opt-ins online, right? Yeah. So a um, sales qualified lead, we just put it what's called thinking it over. So you do the presentation, then we move them into thinking it over stage, and then we touch them every couple of days into thinking it over stage to educate them, show them success stories and whatnot, and to see if they're interested. And then at that point, it goes to won or lost. So I think really writing down what your opportunity pipeline is through that process of, you know, uh, you know here's a suspect, when did they become a prospect? One of the ways of looking at that is as a marketing qualified lead versus sales qualified. Those are the, uh, those are the kind of the... The, the, the mid-level business terms they use at mid-sized companies for the lingo for the opportunity stages.
0: Very cool. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that, that's first of all, that's insane, the level of detail that goes into it. But once it, it really is the mental work that goes into figuring out the process of how leads are coming into you and how you want to follow up on it. And then you can start to kind of, like that didn't happen overnight. You systematize no. just piece by little piece by little piece by piece, and then all of a sudden you step back. It was by me doing it. I mean, yeah. I, I
2: played, I, I think the important thing to know is I played every single position before I hired yes, a value. Yes, so you I remember I remember sitting and doing the lead follow-up over and over and over and figuring out what's the little nuances and training the next person. And then I remember doing like the outbound and figuring out what's the little nuances of reaching out to someone cold, at least on the heels of a recommendation letter. That's mm-hmm. key, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you get that person to be involved in a conversation with you? And then, you know, when you do a sales presentation, I mean, I did, I think I recorded 100 sales presentations. So, here, so let's talk about systematizing the sales presentation. That's probably the point where it's like people freak out the most. Okay. For real estate, it's like someone else does the listing presentation. Yeah, yeah. So think about it. You spent all this money and all this time trying to get the lead, and you've got them to the point where they're willing to take an appointment with you. Hmm. and you want to give that to somebody else? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Right? You have to at some point.
1: Okay. How, I wouldn't mind it actually. I mean, if you yeah. trained them on system ties and yeah. put it in the right place, I'm plan, gonna I would, tell you exactly how to do it. Here's expect, exactly how to do it. I am taking notes. Go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First thing you need to do is you need to record every single existing presentation that you have. You need to record every single presentation. So when I would do a consultation with a, with a, uh, with with somebody that came to a call for me, you know, I would do my best to to make the presentation as systematic and as as product-based and deliverable-based as possible unless my magnetic personality, or here's this random information, or here's this random thing that I'm trying to win over the person as a human being for the consultation. The point is, I really recorded my presentation as much as I possibly could. And I just kept in mind that somebody else would have to deliver these at some point. Like I couldn't reference books that I read. You, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. You, you try to keep in mind when you deliver your presentation, or you have the consultation that you know um, someone else is going to be doing it, and you record them. So if you're doing it with somebody face to face, you get out your iPhone and you say, "Hey, super excited to meet with you. One of the things I want to do is I like to record this conversation, just because there's anything I miss. Like if you tell me some things, I might need to go back and repeat it when I write this all up for whenever we start working together. Is it okay if I record the conversation?" Awesome. Right? Yeah. So now the conversation is recorded. Obviously, it's over the phone, like inside sales. Easy way to record. Then you get it transcribed. The best way to get it transcribed is rev.com, rev.com. $1 a minute. Right? Yeah. We'll transcribe the whole thing. Okay. So I did that for like 60 presentations. And I pretty much got a pretty good clear plan of like how they were laid out. Okay. Then I gave them to staff. And I said, I want you to highlight and extract every single question that was ever asked to me. Every single question that was asked in those transcripts, I want you to write them all in a Word document. Then I had to sit down and answer every single one. (laughs) It's called our FAQs tab. It's called our FAQs tab. So on our website, I literally published every single one of them for the most part. I got a lot of them narrowed down. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But
2: our FAQ tabs has the answers to all the questions. Wow, and that's the problem with a lot of sales consultations is that, you know, to shortcut the 10,000-hour rule is like someone has to know the answer, right? And it's not necessarily how to overcome some stupid objection. Like well, I'm thinking it over, not, not that basic stuff. Like legitimate, real questions about what it is that you're going to do and how it works. Like an intelligent person would answer. So, you know, one of the very first things you do when you go into uh, sales is you memorize all the answers.
1: Yeah. Well, um... <laughs> Amazing! You right? have a script and you follow yeah. it. And, unreal. Yeah, unreal.
2: <laughs> yep. So there's all the answers to all the questions which have come up from the recorded presentations. Mm-hmm. Right now, the name of the game is like, let's go ahead and start. You know, working down the presentation. So all the presentations are divided into three parts. Right. The first thirty, the first one third is questions and needs analysis. So here's the questions that you ask. Here's how you learn about the person. Right. The next thirty, next uh, third as you talk about the marketing plan, here's the videos a month, here's the plan. So for the first two-thirds of the call, I haven't even talked about the product, because the product's actually kind of irrelevant. It's about the benefits and the system, right? So the first third's questions, second third is talking about the plan, and then the final third is like, okay, let me show you a couple of examples, and let me tell you what's gonna happen if we get started today, which mm-hmm. is the trial close. So what's gonna happen if we get started today? That's the trial close of explaining here's what's gonna happen if you pay. That's it. Because the reality is your website, this person has probably researched you quite a bit. The website has everything else. They didn't know it. The website has the success stories. The website has hangouts. The website has everything they were able to research. But if you handle a presentation that way you get signups. And that's why we've gone through four people in that role that have consistently produced signups beyond me. You know, we've replaced we've replaced four people in the lead follow-up position, like clockwork. We've replaced four people in the new client consultation process like clockwork.
0: Yeah, and, um, and none of them due to lack of performance, unlike most... Per- no, either them. You know, some, of them
2: went, some of them went and started their own businesses, which is fine, which I'm cool with, and others have uh, moved up to other things. I mean, once you, you... know, So in the order of hiring, I would probably say for me, the first person I would hire out is the lead response rep. You'd probably pay 10 12 bucks an hour for that position. That position's not very hard. These are people that have expressed interest in what you're doing. You just got to follow up with the appointment. Yeah. Um, then after that, I would uh, – honestly, I would probably hire out the um, the uh, person doing the sales presentations because that's not actually that hard because anyone that gets up on the phone with you already knows what you do and is actually interested. Okay. The hardest part to train is actually the person doing outbound because that's creating demand.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's I mean, the hardest yeah, thing to sell
2: in my opinion, right. right? Oh, by the way, the first thing you outsource is the client management. So I'd right, probably right, say yeah. client account management, then inbound – then the person doing the presentations and finally you step out of the outbound role.
0: Yeah. And I was going to ask you about, you know, the, the management of the sales force, but you covered it, which is I do it, we do it, you do it. And that's the part where everybody falls down on this, which is they, they try to they try to like bolt on.
2: No, you sales. have to do it yourself. And the thing is, if you think, you know, none of us make enough money, we're not venture capital financed Silicon Valley startups. That can hire recruiters that have huge margins on software. Like probably anybody watching this, like you're going to have to find someone that you just pay a normal salary to that probably hasn't done it that well that you have to train. For you to hire some rock star that that you want them to do something you haven't done is a very expensive endeavor. That the margins of what you're doing probably doesn't won't support it.
0: Yeah, you'd have to be a uh, like a frontier expertise creative massive business client problem solving firm. Yeah. Huge, well, yeah high, small team, money. high margin. Yeah. I mean, you just most yeah, people watching this, this that's it.
2: probably not going to be the option. So have to get really good at training. Yeah.
0: Right? Exactly. All right. Well, that's uh, that unfortunately is all the time we have because we could go easily on this. There, there's a there's five or six things just within this that we could have gone on tangents for an hour each. Um, yeah. So we'll have to, yeah. We'll have to get you back on to do one of the other books, like mm-hmm. J. Abraham or something else. But there's like scaling up. Um, by Vern Harner should be a great one because that yes. was. That that's the roadmap that you guys followed for scaling up, you know, for scaling up. Well, yeah, let
2: just touch on that. You know, you have to have your morning huddle every morning, meet with your team. You have to mm-hmm. have weekly one-on-one meetings. You have to have a monthly team meeting. There has to be a very key meeting rhythm to keep all that together.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. You know, the one thing I really liked <clears throat> that I really really liked to have this conversation, Frank, and I and I, dude, I did see. I really did take notes. I wasn't messing with you. Um, is, is you. You took something that nobody ever really does and you made it very sound very, very simple. And that was in my industry in real estate is there's so many questions, right? And oh, yeah. they and people never get them answered because usually an agent would probably just slough it off like, oh, you don't need to worry about it. Nah, don't, I'll handle all of that. But if you gave someone the trust factor of like, hey, go to my FAQ page and then you systematically broke it down, buyers, sellers, process, expectations, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Just there you are talking about these different things. You know, they can click on it at two o'clock in the morning if they're having a cardiac arrest after they put an offer in for a home that they're you know that they're that they're trying to buy, and, and it relieve pressure to them and as well as do a, mo- a weekly or monthly update on what the value is. Well, yeah, and, and I put all the page. I
2: put all the FAQs in the website so hopefully the person yeah. comes to the call prepared where they don't have to necessarily answer all of them with the need of a salesperson. Exactly. You know, I, my, my joke, my joke is you know, I always tell our salespeople I want to replace you with an order form online That's my <laughs> ultimate goal someday. But, but and the reality okay. is that people need someone to talk to that will never go away.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, so, that uh, will never change. But the, goal, but, but the goal of the, of the marketing is to present and serve up someone on a platter that is yes. 99% yes. there and they just need that little bit of a hand holding cross yes, right. the finish line. And that's that's a whole different that that in itself is a mindset shift versus marketing as a way to generate the highest number of leads.
2: Oh, that's a horrible idea.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean I mean I did that. Dude, I'm just telling you, I did that. It's like yes, what happened you did. is we we you know, we we you know opt in for your free ebook and opt in for the webinar and put them all behind these squeeze pages. And like we got all these opt ins, and then I had to spend all this money on staff to call all these people to only get a couple of people that wanted to work with us. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is not profitable. <laughs> Or fun, no, or fun, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, no opt-ins. The only thing we're gonna put an opt-in on is a free consultation, or if someone wants my ebook. That's it. Good. So the only leads that we're calling from the web are people that say, "I want to speak with you. Here is my phone number to call me at." <laughs> any lead fun. other than, any any lead other than that is not a lead.
1: It's <laughs> a response, and that's all it is. That's what. That's the big thing about you know sales online. Everyone's like, oh my god, I go to Zillow, Trulia, Realtor wherever, and they're like, oh my god, I got all these leads. No, no, no. Like you experienced, those are respondents. Those are not leads. Those are not mm-hmm. qualified. You have to sift through all the BS to get down to the yeah. real leads. Which mm-hmm.
2: and one more thing, Greg, before we go, I know we're dragging this on, Matt, but you know, with those FAQs, I mean, people feel like, oh, we're gonna, we can totally can this nice little presentation. So, like, here's this, here's this nice presentation. I'm. Mean, everyone follow these nice steps for how this, you know, presentation is gonna work. Huh. But you know, people, first off, it's it's not it's not it's like this unicorn. The conversations never go that way. There's a right. general framework, right? But the conversations never go that way, and people, you know, um, a right consultation is them talking a lot more than you're talking. You're yeah. you're asking questions. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah. Constantly happens, curiosity. What happens
2: is, you know, they're going to ask a question. You have to be able to respond. So what I realize is, like, if I'm going to systematize this, you know, there are a lot of questions, little nuanced questions that are asked, and i got to be able to provide a really good answer for
1: Mm-hmm. 100% guaranteed, yeah. Everyone themes, wants to, like I said, they want the unicorn. They want the, the easy button. Like, oh, here, I'll just give you this. No, no, no. Every, every scenario is different. Every personality is different. Every timeline is different. So you have to be able to, you know, adapt and change. Which is a lot of the times people don't do, because they they read some script somewhere and then they just stick to it instead of reading the human being and understanding the wants, needs, desires from that person to make that next step in any industry that they're going to be doing sales in.
0: Or, yeah, and I think the ultimate goal of that, if if you had a sales rep, an account executive, sales rep for long enough, your goal is to get them to think like you mm-hmm. within that sales consultation, so that they can do things within the framework and answer the questions the way that you would do, not follow a rote roadmap.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's why you and I became buddies. I mean, you
1: I—you got me thinking the way you're thinking, and I got, you know, we just gelled together over when. We yeah, were you have not world.
0: rubbed off on me at all, Greg. Anyway, no, zero. All right, So speaking zero. of wildly unqualified leads, Frank, I'd like to get you some. So where can people go to <laughs> download your e-book? <laughs> well... <laughs> The first thing I
2: would do is if you're looking to, you know, uh, grow your business, the first place I would look is your number one asset. And it's not your employees necessarily. It's not your building. It's not uh, it's not your product actually. It's actually your list of people you have relationships with. That's your biggest asset in the business. And that's your database, past clients, clients, contacts. So you have to reconnect with that database if you've been neglecting it. You have to have a way to build it. You have to have a way to communicate with it. And you have to have a way to, like, make offers to it. So you're not just giving a bunch of free content out and getting no business in return. So when you bring all those things together, um, that's what our firm does. And I wrote a marketing plan on how to do that. It's actually thedatabasereset.com. It's 20 pages. You can download that free report there. It's just basically the marketing plan we implement. And if you want to talk to us about more what that would look like to get some examples for your industry, take a look at some videos, take a look at some topics, get comfortable with the idea of how this would work for you as far as return on investment, uh, just go to our website, Getviralvy Ral.com, uh, and you can request a free marketing strategy session right on there.
0: Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. And the database reset is ridiculously good. I've read the whole thing. It's amazing. It's uh, yeah. It's it's exactly what the entrepreneurial service professional needs to like build the foundation of your marketing mm-hmm. system you know not just the hustle not just the referrals not just the you being out there and wheeling and dealing and schmoozing and working room but it's like it's the it's the beginning of the foundation of systematizing your marketing efforts all right. Well, gentlemen, we have reached the end of our time, so thank you so much, Frank. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. I knew you would bring it, and you did not disappoint. No, you did not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Me and Greg have to run to another podcast, so thank you so much, guys. We've got some another great interviews coming up, but go get the book. It's Predictable Revenue by Aaron Ross. Uh, go buy it and start implementing it immediately in your business. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Bye.